If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of I Know That Face, the only podcast which honors the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors. My name is Stephen Porzio, and this is a special bonus episode. Earlier in the week, I had the pleasure of chatting to Alexander O. Philippe, a Swiss filmmaker best known for his documentaries about movies. He made The People vs. George Lucas, 7852, about the legendary shower scene in Psycho, and Memory, The Origins of Alien. His latest work, Leap of Faith, William Freakin on The Exorcist, is streaming on Shudder now. It's this fascinating documentary where William Freakin, the director of The Exorcist, maybe the best horror film of all time, breaks down his classic. He talks about his influences and how they impacted on the finished product. He discusses how the film was put together, adapting it from William Peter Blatty's hit novel, the casting, getting the demon Pazuzu's voice just right, shooting in northern Iraq, the music, it's all there. He also talks about his feelings on the movie now. It's wildly entertaining, full of the details cinephiles crave, but it also has a lot of humour that I think casual viewers will enjoy too. Freakin' is a great storyteller. Uh, for those who saw De Palma, the great documentary from a few years ago, the vibe here is similar. So I chatted with Alexander about how the doc came together, spending time with William Freakin, and what he wanted to do differently than other documentaries about The Exorcist. Stick around till the end too, because Alexander talks about his next projects, and they sound incredible. Here's the interview. I hope you like it. This is... Bill Friedkin, day one, take one. Everything has to do with the mystery of fate or faith. And The Exorcist is about the mystery of fate. I knew exactly how I wanted to make it. I marked up my own copy of the hardcover. I didn't want any backstory, no flashbacks, just a straight ahead story that was done as realistically as possible. Over the decades, it's been interpreted and reinterpreted. Many people look at the ending of the film as ambiguous. Doesn't appear to have been a problem for the millions of people who've seen the film. They accept what we showed. It asks for a total leap of faith on the part of the audience. Delighted to be joined by Alexander O. Philippe, the director of the documentary Leap of Faith, William Freakin on The Exorcist. A look back at the uh, iconic horror and it's, it's now streaming on Shudder. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was curious, how, how did this project come about? Because uh, it's it's essentially William Freakin, um, the director of The Exorcist, breaking down the movie, what he was thinking of as he made it, his thoughts on it now. Was, was he the person who wanted this record to exist, or did it originate from something else? Who, who initiated it? 
Well, I mean, in a, in a way, it's sort of organically, you know, we met at the Sigis uh, Film Festival back in uh, 2017. I was touring with uh, uh, 7852, my film about the uh, shower scene, and he was getting the lifetime his Lifetime Achievement Award there. And, um, you know, he invited me to his table at uh, lunch uh, one day and, um, you know, uh, asked, you know, wanted to tell me some stories about Hitchcock and uh, it led to a uh, lunch in Los Angeles three weeks later. And, and basically he sort of gave me carte blanche to, um, you know, to, to make this, uh, this film. I think he wanted, he, I think he wanted this to happen. You know, he didn't sort of overtly say it, but um, I mean, he later that, uh, you know, my film 1752 was the reason why we ended up sort of, you know, making this film. And, um, and I'm really glad, I'm really glad we did really glad we did um it's um i, I think it's um it, it was really special for me to be able to i think see and therefore show a different side of william Friedkin, you know one that we're not uh, necessarily accustomed to seeing um uh very sort of personal very introspective um obviously without giving it away there's the you know the whole sequence in uh, that ends the film in uh, kyoto japan is um is really quite special i think yeah, I want to ask you about that sequence. I really loved it. But um, you made a lot of documentaries about films, particularly horror cinema. Uh, what is your relationship personally with The Exorcist? Well, you know, my relationship with The Exorcist, um, you know, dates back to when I was a kid and actually not, not watching it, but being, but actually dreading the idea of watching it because, you know, my mom had told me stories about it and, and she saw it when it came out and she couldn't sleep for a week and uh, it literally traumatized her so it was just one of those films that I waited a long time to, to, to watch and um, I watched it I think in my, I think it must have been in my early 20s which is weird for me because I've been, I've been a huge horror fan for forever and, uh, and yeah I mean it, it's it, it's actually a film that really moved me um, I think is is the way that I would put it. It's I think it's a very moving s- story. It's a heartbreaking film. Uh, I mean, yes, of course, it's it is a horror film, but I think at, at its at its core, it's it's a film about love, and it's um, it's just a beautiful film. You're right about that because I watched it this morning and I did tear up at the end. So <laughs> it is yeah. um, a horror movie and also like a drama about faith and faith. On, your documentary is partly feels like a cinematic essay about how Freakin's influences in older cinema and art and music and how they make their way into the exorcist and you know it's about the themes of the story and how free can cements them within the film through these subtle visual motifs or he calls them grace notes um that you might not even consciously recognize like the first time you're watching the exorcist but it's also very funny your documentary and Freakin's telling all these anecdotes about punching the real life priest who played father dwyer or you know shooting guns with blanks on the set and i think there's something for both cinephiles and more casual watchers and i imagine you always want to try to try to appeal to both right yeah absolutely i mean i think um i mean ever since uh you know the people versus george lucas which is now almost 11 years old um you know i think every film that i've made and that you know we've made at, at exhibited pictures um because it's basically the same team uh you know that we've been making these films for a long time now um it, they're always made with uh you know the hardcore fans of course in mind but also as you said more casual film viewers and i think the idea uh, for me, is to create a bit of a bridge between this idea of cinema studies, 
which can be daunting, which can be, you know, uh, intimidating, I think, to a lot of people. And then the general public. I think this, the, the, if, if, if anything, I think if my films hopefully convey is that this idea that anybody um, can get a great deal of pleasure from watching uh, and deconstructing movies and trying to look at the, the infinite amount of details and, 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 and details that, can, you know, that one can learn from by watching those films uh, closely. And I think every great movie uh, gives that to the viewers. So, um, you know, I, I think, I like to think that my films are uh, uh, a celebration of cinema and, and everything that's, uh, that's wonderful about it. And I was curious, how many days did you spend with Freak? And uh, um, I was really delighted when I realized that the whole movie was him talking. Uh, he's so eloquent and fascinating. I, c- I could listen to him chat all day. Yeah, that was a total of six days um, of, of actual interviews. Uh, you know, not, not to mention all the, uh, obviously, uh, many conversations and uh, coffees and lunches and all of that. Um, but, but the actual sort of... Um, you know, uh, one-on-one time for interviews. Yeah, there were four days of filmed interviews and two days of audio interviews. Freakin talks about wanting the excess to feel propulsive and always moving forward in your documentary. And I think in a way your doc feels like that, uh, in the way Freakin's anecdotes bleed into each other. And when you record Freakin talking, do you have a list of questions prepared or is it more talking points like, you know, discuss shooting in Iraq? No, no, no. It's very, very prepared. I, I actually... Um... You know, I took um, I, I took the Exorcist with me to um, a beautiful location in Northern California um, to prepare for this for about a month, and I, I actually watched the Exorcist every day for thirty days uh, straight. And that was my my routine in the morning, and then I would you know write my my questions, structure my my sort of interview sessions in the afternoon. Uh, so there's a lot of heavy heavy lifting, heavy preparation. I mean, of course, you know. The, the, the interview process is something that is quite organic and sometimes he'll go in a different direction than you're anticipating and you have to be obviously completely open to that um, but um, but no I, I'm I, I prepare a lot when I uh, when I do interviews and I imagine being uh, a filmmaker and a cinephile you must have to hide your excitement when you learn some great new gossip like you know Bernard Herman calling the exorcist a piece of shit freaking face for example <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, yes, I, I mean, especially when those anecdotes are being told uh, by the likes of uh, of uh, Billy Freakin, uh, they're 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 just wonderful. They're really, really entertaining, and um, yeah, it's it's just incredible stuff. But I, you know, I, I'm not the kind of guy who really uh, geeks out on behind the scenes stories. I'm I'm really more interested in in the process of filmmakers, you know, and and to me, you know, as as fun as that story is, what really what what I get out of it is that, you know, freaking really had this extraordinary sort of, you know, vision and, and nothing was going to take him, you know, off that path. And, and even the temptation of, of working with Bernard Herman, which, you know, I think any lesser director, I think in his shoes would have said, of course, you know, like you don't, how do you, how do you pass up an opportunity to work with, with Bernard Herman, you know? Um, and, and, and and you know the, the, the disappointment uh, that that he he felt and that he still feels for um, you know essentially letting him go. 
Um, I, I, I understand that, you know, but, but he did that because he knew that it was for the, for the good of the film. And I think that's extraordinarily respectable. As you heard in the intro, this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts. There's plenty of other great shows to check out on the network. Here's a taster of one. I'm Connor Reed with words to that effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything has stopped? Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts and at wttepodcast.com. And now, back to the show. Um, was there any detail in the documentary that stood out to you as being particularly surprising that you might not have heard of before? I think, to me, what was surprising is how is how freaking um, you know how much he decided to open up and and uh, and you know reveal a, a side of him that I don't think we've seen before. I mean, I keep you know pointing to the. The final sequence, you know, because I don't want to, I guess, again, I don't want to give that away. But I, I think that, you know, this is why I do what I do. And this is, I think, what to me, you know, making this particular film uh, means so much because he was willing to go there. He was willing to uh, to open up a new side of him that, you know, transcends all the tall tales, all the things that we know about him. I mean, look, he's a showman, you know, he's a great showman. He's a great storyteller. And, and that is very much, a, you know, a side of him. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a part of it. Um, nobody's going to take that away from him, but, but it's really nice, uh, that he was willing to show, um, a different side. And, and I'm hoping that his, uh, his fans will appreciate that. And just on that last scene, I, I won't give too much away, but it's freaking describing this religious or at least profound experience um, after making The Exorcist. And I was curious what you wanted audiences to take away from that after this documentary that essentially boils down to questions of both faith and fate. Well, I think, I think uh, again, without giving it away, <laughs> I, I think that um, to me this, this scene... Uh, is everything that I need to to know, I think, about William Friedkin. It's the essence of Friedkin. Uh, I think if you understand his relationship, his spiritual relationship to the Kudos and Gardens, then, um, then you can look back at his filmography and you can look at it through complete, completely fresh eyes. Um, and obviously, you know, very specifically The Exorcist in this context. Um, but I think, um, I think it's the... It's foundational. This idea of you know grace notes, uh, the ideas of as you said, faith and fate, um, which you know I, I used you know structurally in in, um, in leap of faith. Uh, that's what Friedkin is about philosophically, as uh, you know, as a as a filmmaker and as a human being. And so I think once you understand that, uh, you can start having a different kind of appreciation for his films. 
There's been a lot of documentaries about The Exorcist. I even on Shudder there is the Cursed Film series, which has like an, a 30 minute episode on The Exorcist. And yeah, you know, right. Kermode's made films about it. And I was even, I watched the 25th anniversary and Freakin introduces it. So there's been a lot of coverage about the movie. Although I, I don't think any explore the film in such depth with its director. But I was curious, was there a piece of information or a line of questioning that you thought hadn't been explored previously in other documentaries that you wanted to hear? Was it that thing that you mentioned there about, you know, getting more of a feel for Friedkin himself? Well, again, like to, to me, to me, what makes Sleeper Fifth completely unique and different from anything that's out there is that it's um, it is not a behind the scenes film. It's not a film about, uh, you know, what happened, even though, of course, there are stories. But, you know, um, it, it's really the exorcist. I mean, we didn't even talk about special effects, you know, yeah. Um, uh, and that was a very conscious choice, you know. That to me, this is—it's the Exorcist through art, through music, through um, you know influences. Um, it's a—it's a deep dive un- uniquely from you know William Friedkin's perspective, and I think that was a very important thing to 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 document, you know. And I saw in the end credits that Karen Kusama, who's a, who's another director I love, and another horror filmmaking icon now um along with her yeah. frequent writing collaborators matt manfredi and phil hey they're executive producers on this and i was curious what role did they play um in the making of the film exactly well they were they were very instrumental in us um you know just really support the film and um you know karen is a huge cinephile and you know i've known her for for a little while now and um you know we she's been a real champion uh, for the film and I was able to, you know, send them some, some uh, early cuts and, um, uh, you know, things that, that didn't really, um, you know, that I was hesitant about or, 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 uh, you know, some scenes that I, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure about whether we were going to keep them or not, or not. And, you know, like Karen and, uh, you know, they're just a wonderful sounding board. Karen, Matt, and Phil are just, uh, they're incredible. And, and I mean, as you said, they're just, they're an incredible team, incredible filmmakers in, in their own right. And, um, and in fact, Karen is going to be, uh, has already participated in my, my next, one of my next project, projects, uh, which will be coming up in a couple of years. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep working together, I'm sure. And that leads me into my next question, because I was wondering, you've tackled Alien psycho and the exorcist and documentaries is there another horror classic you want to delve into in another film what are you working on next i'm actually uh, stepping uh, away from horror for a little bit here um i'm working on two films uh, one is um is a dive into um uh, john ford's monument valley uh mm-hmm. and you know specifically uh this idea of the myth of the west and how the repetition of images the iconography of the monuments essentially created this, a certain idea in our in our collective psyche. Um, and the other one is um, is a film about the the Wizard of Oz and uh, the films of uh, David Lynch. So it's called oh, Lynch wow. Oz. Uh, it's kind of a mirror uh, uh, movie, um, and uh, that one is, uh, is a lot of fun too. Yeah, they both sound incredible, <laughs> especially that last one. <laughs> That's everything I wanted to ask you. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time and sitting down with me. I really loved Leap of Faith. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, your time and, and uh, the exposure. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, thanks for recommending the film. That was my interview with Alexander O. Philippe. I hope you enjoyed it. Leap of Faith, William Freakin' on The Exorcist is streaming on Shudder now. 
rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from. Email us at iknowthatfacepod at gmail.com if there's a person you'd like us to cover on the show, or somebody who works in film or media or podcast and would like to appear on the show. Follow us at Twitter at iknowthatfacep1. Follow us on Instagram at iknowthatface. Thanks to Andrew Carroll, my co-host, and Shani Fernandez for their work on our socials. For more film content, visit Headstuff's film section. See you later, Cinema Films. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. Plus. 